2: Hey folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Uh, Carlos, it's good to be with you again this week, but it's it's really, really good to be with the guest that we have today. We've been wanting to have her on for a while. Um, I'm not sure why you wanted her on, because you don't like to eat, you don't like food. But uh, I do, and a few of our listeners do, and um, we're going to do something a little bit different this week. We're going to start off with non-sports.
0: Is that okay with you, Carlos? Yeah, but I'm really offended that you say I don't like food. It's only because I like... I like the the you know the food that I can afford on a on a measly reporter salary. I don't have a columnist salary like you, Sean. So um, I take exception to that. But I like I like the common man food. You do,
2: which is but well, you're a common guy,
0: which is why you want to talk about golf later after we're, uh, done, after
2: we talk to Sue Salaski. Is that right? We're going to spend the rest of the podcast talking about golf. Yes, yes, and how open it is for everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Chandler Park's okay. a fine okay. Let me know when the is yes.
2: there. Soon, is that going to be soon? All right. Well, listen, we we, we messed around enough. We want to welcome in Sue Silasky, uh, our food um, guru at the at the Free Press. She does a little bit of everything, but uh, you know, look, Easter's coming up, and she's going to have some tips about all that good stuff. And you know, I, I think Sue, you told us or you told Carlos that one of your most popular stories ever at the Free Press was how to reheat it. Easter ham. Is that true?
3: Yes, it's like seems like every year. You know, you know people they just need, they need a refresher you know they you know this time of year may be the only time they buy ham but uh they always want to know how do i reheat my ham so it doesn't dry out so that's uh that's the biggest question um even even around uh you know like any holiday, like the christmas holiday too but i think it is more prevalent for easter
2: well let's get that out of the way let's uh because carlos wants to know I don't know. Sean knows we'll how eat. to do every.
0: Sean will explain to you how to reheat ham after you explain it to no, him. No, Sue, no, no, but,
2: I, no, I, no, I want to hear. No, th- this, this is great.
0: He's 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 mansplained Mexican food to me, so he'll 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 let you know if you're yeah, right on the right growing track. Growing
2: up uh, in California eating chef party, uh, like like you really know anything about Mexican food. That's okay. <laughs>
3: Well, here's the thing. The uh, one, you know, one thing that I do want to mention is, you know, we are hitting a, a, this uh, inflationary period where there's like high food prices. And but ham, you know, this week at, at most grocery stores, you'll find ham 87 cents a pound, 89 cents a pound, 99 cents a pound. And that is um you know, that's a bargain. Um uh, when it, you know, and 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 you know, a ham will feed a, um, it goes a long long way um it, the hams that you buy uh, at the grocery store are unless you're buying a fresh ham they are all pre-cooked that's the the main issue um they um and it will say so on the label and the label will tell you how to reheat that ham um so it doesn't dry out dry out and um uh um, you can And then go the, the next step in uh, reheating your leftovers. But in general speaking, you know, your ham's already cooked. Take it out of the, uh, you know, it's plastic wrapping and everything. Um, let it sit at room temperature, you know, maybe about a half hour, 45 minutes. Um, put it in a, 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 a roasting pan, maybe a little bit of water Uh because we're here in Detroit, Verner's works really well too. So everyone likes to put Verner's (laughs) on their ham. So um, my, you know, my parents did it, you know, years and years ago. Um, So that, you know, that's a whole, you know, ham and um, put it the cut side down. So the open side down and put it in the pan and cover it with foil. And you just want to heat it, you know, gently reheat it 300 degrees, 325 degrees. And it should take a good hour and a half, maybe two hours. And this all depends on what size ham you have, and um, uh, you know, and you want to heat it to about 135 to 140 degrees, the internal temperature. So here, the other tip is, it's a good idea is to have an instant read thermometer. They're inexpensive; you can buy them at you know, Meijer, Kroger, at any big box retailer. Um, um, And you know they're they're a couple of bucks, and you know you check the you know after about an hour and a half check it make sure that internal temperature is 135 to 140 degrees, and it should be reheated fine. I do find reheating the already spiral sliced hams doesn't take as long, and those will if you do cook it too long it they will dry out, and nobody wants dry ham so. So that's the basic way to do it. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Let
0: me let me ask you a couple of questions about that, Sue, is when you say uh the cut side down, is that just straight onto the pan or is there a roasting like a little uh um you know, um grate or whatever that you can do? You could do
3: it on? either way. Either way. Just so it's just that cut side down. It it just I just find it works better. Um it just helps keep all that moisture in and and so it doesn't dry out.
0: And and does the burners really imbue it with a different kind of flavor? Does
3: i I'm sorry, what was that? Does the
0: Does the Verners actually like give it a imbue it with like a different flavor? The Verners flavor, like a sugary or, or sweeter taste?
3: Um, you know, it does. And sometimes people, you know, will mix um you know, there there there's other things. Um, I, I've used honey and um, Dijon mustard on my hams. Yeah. I've used Verners, you know, some people really like that glazy uh, you know, glaze to it, a lot of the hams come with a packet of glaze that you mix with water and you put it on during like the last 15 minutes, 20 minutes of reheating. Um, by that time, you are taking the foil off and you'll need that, you know, if you want that kind of crusty, uh, caramelized um, uh, crust to your ham.
0: So You know about caramelization, right, Carlos? Yeah. Sean, tell Sue how she's wrong in every way or how to really no, do it. no, no. I- <laughs> no i I was
2: waiting for her to say take the foil off, but uh, yeah, no that was that was uh no, that was perfect it, 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 it sue, if we may, can we kind of stay with this theme a little bit because you're right, the going to the grocery store right now is um is just is is brutal if if we're gonna be frank yes <clears throat> it it really is so i'm I'm a couple of questions here one, have you sensed or not sensed, but have you gotten more a uh, reaction or questions from your readers lately? on how to kind of navigate and and tips for ways to shop or different things to think about preparing or different ways to save. And then two, just, yeah, what are some of those things that you've been thinking about as we kind of try to survive the inflation, especially with our food?
3: Yes. A lot of readers um, will send me their tips um, on how, you know, how to save at the grocery store Um, coupons, digital coupons, Shop the sales. There's all kinds of ways. I think what's important now, people, um, it's going to take some work. If you want to save at the grocery store, you're going to have to spend the extra couple of minutes to look at the sale paper, see what's on sale, uh, see what the digital, you know, coupons are, are, uh, you know, what's going on. Check the Sunday Free Press. There's coupons in the Sunday Free Press every week, and. You know, I mean, my whole theory, I've been a bargain shopper all my life. You know, if I don't have to pay that extra dollar, that extra 50 cents, that's great. I mean, that, that that's what I look for. Um, and, you know, look for uh, meals, you know, that, that, you know, go a long way. Um, it is, um, <clears throat> it's true. There's a lot of people, you know, struggling and, you know, the prices are high. It's, you know, deciding what you're going to buy really looking at those digital coupons the free the coupons that are in the paper anywhere you can get coupons um and you know shopping those sales shopping the bargains looking at store brands if you've never bought a store brand um you know now you know if you like you know a certain product uh, so many stores have uh, have have their own brands of things pasta crackers potato chips cheese everything so those are other ways to save
2: and then what about um about going out to eat do you do you find yourself eating, eating out less right now or do you uh, eat, eating out in different ways thinking about happy hours for for the food
3: happy hours are always have always been great i mean if you can um, you know you can share you can go with a group of people share a lot of small plates um but prices at um Restaurants are up too. Uh, just this week, they this uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics announced that the thing is up almost seven percent from last year. Um, that's a huge jump, and I think a lot of people. I mean, I'm I'm certainly noticing it when I go out. You know, the price of you know every, you know chicken wings. I mean, that is just unbelievable
0: yeah i think sue i think you're unfortunately you're talking to the wrong person because sean's butler shops at whole foods for him and price is no object for for mr windsor um but yeah for the poor folk like us um and you had a great you've had you've had a couple of great stories i think recently just today or yesterday you had a story about how Prices are at an all-time high, forty-year uh, high, I think. Um, in most cases,
3: it, 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 you know, yeah. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I
0: mean, you have like, uh, you know, bacon eighteen percent, twelve-month increase, um, uh, flour fourteen percent, milk fourteen percent, all these things. I mean, I, I showed you wrote one recently, and I showed my wife. I'm like, Sue's just trying to scare us. She's just trying to tell us like we're not going to, you know, like what meat's going to be eighty dollars a pound pretty soon, and you know you're going to just be eating, you know, what is it, cat food maybe and um and and dry rice at this point but um you're right. I mean the 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 you know, you got to look for and I you know, I'm not I'm not the cook that Sean is, but I have always subscribed to the whole, you know, when we cook the challenge I like is elevating sort of a plain piece of meat, you know, a cheaper cut and making something special with it. America's Test Kitchen does a great job with this. They kind of always you know, champion that cause of, you know, like, and, but here's, here's my little pro tip is one thing that we do is, um, uh, buy meat, especially at Costco, or probably, I don't, we don't belong to Sam's Club, but I'm sure it's the same thing. Buying in bulk, you know, the price per pound on a lot of stuff um, is a lot cheaper. And in many cases, when you freeze things, you really can't tell the difference, you know, once you unfreeze it. So, um, we don't do a ton of shopping at Costco, but, but, you know, like steak actually is, they have pretty good prices and the quality is pretty good. Uh, but you're right, the specials. I'm not a coupon person. That's the one thing that bugs me is it's such a pain to find them and cut them out. And then it's like, oh, it's 50 cents off if you buy 20 of them, you know? Like, it's just, it seems like a like a, a little bit of a shell game sometimes. Um, but I don't know. I shop at Kroger, so I don't know if that's their thing, but maybe at Meijer it's better. Um, where Where do you like to shop, Sue? What's your... What's your go-to?
3: Well, because of where I live, I have more uh, Kroger in the area. So I shop at Kroger. And I do use their digital coupons. I pair them with um, my Free Press coupons. Um, <clears throat> it, it, a lot of them are, um, uh, you know, they're manufacturer's coupons. So your digital coupons that Kroger has, let's just say for a product like uh, Tide for uh yeah, it, 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 and you, so there it's two dollars off a certain size Tide, and you um have a two dollar off coupon for in your Sunday paper for Tide, so you can you, you can buy more. And and a lot of the Kroger coupons, you can buy up to five items. And so, <clears throat> I'll give you one, one good example this past week, Kroger had the, these I don't need a lot of candy or chocolate bars, but they have these bueno bars, I think they're called. For the digital special, they were forty-seven cents, and you could buy five. Of course, I bought five. (laughs) What are you doing with them if you're not (laughs) eating them, though? Who who would you know? I stick them in the freezer. It's a little snack for me, you know. And I mean, (laughs) it's you know, it was forty-seven cents. They're regular a dollar fifty for one, and I got. And, he, and I got it for okay. 47 cents that was a huge savings
0: so what you're what you're telling the, the listeners here is that there is no supply chain shortage it's it's Sue Salaski hoarding all the chocolate no. is the problem <laughs> yeah. yeah and you know what the the funny thing about the prices though is their stuff it's so scatter as far as you go to the store like we buy the bird's eye baby sweet peas like that's the only peas that my family will tolerate and mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. don't care what the price is because they're hard to find. And so, like, it feels like it feels like an Easter egg hunt when you get there. And it's like, oh, my God, there's four packets. I'm going to take them all, you know. You don't even think. I don't even care what the price is. It could be $10 probably, but it's not that much. But it's so, it, the the scarcity is breeding. It's kind of a weird pairing, right? The prices are going up. But with scarcity, kind of you're sort of happy to kind of pay any price because when you need certain things sure. that you rely on, it, you're happy to have right. them
3: and that's where you know when when i was mentioning store brands you know sometimes sometimes you're not okay with the store brand your family per- prefers you know the birds eye but then on the other hand y- you may be able to buy the store brand of pasta and you're fine with it so there's the trade off you know you're still saving money there and you know you're you're still you know getting your you know birds eye peas and you know you can you know deal with you know the the the, the store brand of you know, spaghetti or angel hair pasta. But one thing I want to mention, because you brought up bacon, that has had custom, uh, readers are like, have you seen the price of bacon? Oh my God, bacon is so expensive. And it is, <laughs> it really is. I mean, it, I mean, it's $10 a pound. I mean, but it's been on sale everywhere the past two months. And, you know, uh, Oscar Mayer bacon, or shall I say, name brand, national brand, um, uh, Meyer had it, or Kroger had it for four ninety seven a pound. That is a pre pandemic price for Oscar Mayer bacon. I mean, why? And and click the digital coupon, buy five. I mean, if you have got room in your freezer buy five i have 10 pounds of bacon in my freezer
0: right now sue you're you're hoarding the bacon too <laughs> yeah. the chocolate and the bacon okay oh my god i didn't have any i had no idea
2: you can never have too much bacon one thing about kroger and, that i love it's, and it's just uh it's thrilling okay i'm gonna admit it carlos i you know you have a kroger card right so when you you sc- thrilling you scan your kroger card in and when you're done scanning your last item in you know you get the little disc on it just goes right down the screen <laughs> and you see all those little negatives you know negative 30 cents negative $1.50 whatever and then you saved 10 12 it depends on how much you're shopping but sometimes as much as 15 20 bucks and even though that all may be a ruse in the way they set prices in the aisles <laughs> it makes you feel like uh you know like you've done your due diligence and you're saving and they
0: always you. tell you at the end today you saved $14 right yeah always, it's yeah, like, it's, it's, a, like, it's a it's a scam
2: no of course, it's a scam. It's I like go into Coles or uh, yes or mattress, mattress firm. But it still, it still feels good. But but, Sue, before-
3: but you get f- fuel points on top of that yeah, too. Right. So no,
2: no, for sure. That's the other thing. <laughs> before we let you go, Sue. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you, you've created a uh, an iconic presence at the Free Press, and you've been doing this a long time. I'm curious. You were talking about Oscar Meyer bacon. It made me think of this. How much do you um. See among your readers, and, and and just think about this in general. So we, we're talking about Oscar Mayer bacon, and I don't want to rip Oscar Mayer, but there's a reason it's cheaper if you then go get Nuski's smoked Applewood bacon or whatever, which would be twice as much per pound,
3: probably. Sure. Mm-hmm. What?
2: Where? Where do you fall in this idea of what's in the food and how the food's produced or raised or grown or or whatever, and how much is worth paying a little bit more or not? And I know sometimes. A lot of us just don't have a choice. We have to go to whatever's the cheapest. But sure. this has really changed in the last 20 years, and I'm kind of curious what you think about this, and has it affected how you write and, and shop for yourself?
3: Well, shopping for myself, um, you know, I, there there are some things that I'm, you know, brand specific on. Um, it, you know, I, it, I think, again, it, it's it's all a preference. Do you want nitrate-free bacon? Do you want, um, um, and uh, you know, grass-fed beef? It, I mean, y- if you want it, you're going to pay for it. You know, you're 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 going to pay a lot more for it. Yes, readers are more um, apt to organic, grass-fed beef. Um, I see it when I'm in the stores. How many people, and and I'm sure you've seen it in see in the stores. Just the. Uh, the amount of shelf space yes. that is dedicated yes. to organic, uh, plant-based, uh, gluten-free is huge. All kinds of, so so the spectrum, it's really, really changed, like you said, in the past 20 years. Um, and, you know, I got a bargain on, on a uh, local store's uh, organic uh, uh, half gallons of milk. I bought five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, God. Sue. No, stop. I was allowed to, so I was like, "Wow, this is a great price." That, that,
2: no, that's amazing. Yeah. we do that. So, we do that a little bit. Like, we I shop at Kroger, and but there's also a market here where I live, <coughs> a little uh, called Arbor Farms, which is expensive in a lot of ways. But if you wait for their coupon, you can get Miller's Amish chicken for the same. Mm-hmm. Same, and sometimes you can get it at Kroger actually too, right? Mm-hmm, and, and, mm-hmm. So you can find deals even with stuff. Mm-hmm. It is a little. I hate to say healthier because you know I had Hostess donuts for breakfast. <laughs> so who am, I, who am I to say anything? <laughs> but yeah, so it's, but, uh, that, those bargains are out there too.
3: Yeah, but you're right. There, people are uh, more. They are conscious about the products that they're buying. Uh, you know, right down to you know the 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 social. Um, you know, uh, you know the companies. You know, are they, uh, you know, are they a good company? You know, do they have good practices? Mm-hmm. Do it's not just how they produce their product. Are they great to their employees? I mean, people are buying the, the, in that way. They're really paying attention to that.
2: It's, yeah, it it just seems to me that, and I would that. Yeah, I wanted to know what you thought because you've been doing this a while. And yeah. just it,
3: mm-hmm. it's it, really changed. Yeah, yeah, and
2: it's even become a lot more. Food's a lot more political, right? Than when you started. The free press uh, t- test kitchen. I would imagine. Carlos, any last thoughts before we have to let Sue go and get back to sports, unfortunately?
0: No, I w- the, the last question I have for Sue was, what is, your, what is your grocery store splurge? Besides buying all the candy and the milk and everything else, but what is your... And the bacon. What, what do you pay premium dollar for, Sue? What's the thing where, like, you know, that's it. All the the rules are out the door. I'm I'm spending money on this.
3: Hmm. Tasha, you know, like I, I, I always have, I, I almost always have a coupon for something. Um, you know, I would have to say, you know, like uh, maybe something like avocados are one of my favorite. I mean, I will, I will spend, I love getting them on sale and, but if I want my avocados and and they're twenty nine each, I'll pay for it. So, but, but it's, it's. Yeah, I usually buy. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm very focused when I go in the store and what I'm buying.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, how many avocados do you buy at a time? Hundred. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Who me? Yeah. No. Well, if they're a good <laughs> price, I'll I'll buy them. Let me just tell so I'll buy them. I need them right away. That's the other thing about avocados. Yes. You know, if you if the if if you if you don't need them right away, buy them as hard as a rock because. And then, you know, wait till that for them to ripen. Um, but I'll, I'll, you know, I'll stagger them. I can kind of eyeball it and think, oh, okay, well, these should ripen in like three days. And then these other, uh, these other 10 that I buy will ripen in, you know, another week or so.
0: And is there a way to? Because
3: it's not a bargain if it goes to waste. That's the other thing. It's not a bargain if it goes to waste. And is
0: there a way to keep them fresher? Because we, we use some of those produce bags for like bananas and stuff to keep them from ripening too fast. Mm-hmm. Can you do that with avocados? Or is there a trick to keep them from ripening too fast? Uh,
3: uh, well, I, I you know, I leave mine on the counter, and if they start to get once they start to ripen, and uh, I put them in the refrigerator, it kind of slows it a little bit. Um, but you know gives gives you it buys you a couple extra days okay. with avocados
0: oh, so Great tip. Yeah
2: yeah okay. no for sure well there you go Carlos I hope you learned a little bit of something I certainly did.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: this has been really fun and we would uh, love to have okay. you love to have you back we can sure. maybe get into some recipes I want to talk more about the the your your kitchen now the test kitchen and what it was like you know because we've moved the free press has moved mm-hmm. the pandemic I, I know changed things but it'd be great to have you back we can talk uh, Sure. Talk about uh, you know recipes and all sorts of other stuff. And more tips for Carlos because he needs to keep learning, if that's all right. Yeah, okay. Well, thanks again, Sue. And uh, we will be right back so Carlos can finally talk about golf.
3: Okay, great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you, Sue. I'm Melissa Robinson for the Detroit Free Press. When you wake up every morning, what's the first thing you do? Check your email? me too. And when you sign up for our daily briefing newsletter, you'll get all the latest news sent directly to your inbox so you can wake up and be ready for the day. We also have newsletters about COVID-19 in Michigan, the latest entertainment headlines, as well as Woodward 248, a newsletter specifically for people living and working in Southeast Oakland County. And don't forget about automotive headlines and all the latest news from our Michigan sports teams. We have a newsletter for every personality and preference. Just head to freep.com forward slash newsletters to sign up for any one of these great options and more.
2: Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Uh, Carlos, I know we're supposed to talk about the Tigers and the Pistons who just finished their regular season and had their general manager, Troy Weaver, and head coach Dwayne Casey uh, kind of wrap the season up met with the media this week. And uh, you even want to mention Tiger Woods and the Masters in a little bit, but let's let's talk about this headline. You're always talking about how you don't care about Numbers and clicks or attention or anything. You're just a humble, humble scribe living in your humble home trying to, to fight for the people and write thoughts for the people. And yet you wrote something today, yesterday I assume, that was <laughs> entitled, if I may, let me see if I get this right. I thought Dan Campbell was being dumb, but maybe he's a genius. What the hell, man? <laughs> I, I You had something that similarly uh strawmanish a couple of weeks ago and we didn't talk about it we are not letting this one go so you want to explain that headline and did you did you <laughs> did you did you think about did you yeah by the way Dan Campbell's the head coach of the Detroit Lions did you think about a column at all or did you just come up with that idea and think oh yeah i'm going to put that headline out there and be carlos and then I'm gonna to write to that headline. So, what? Do explain to the people out there the process.
0: You sucked. You sucked me. We were talking about the Pistons. Now we're talking about the lines. Well, the process was, and you probably just re- you, you like a lot of people, Sean. or Maybe it's just you. You just read the headline. No, I read the. You columnist. read the headline. You I slammed the columnist paper columnist down, and, and like you, I'm out. You
2: eyes in it, by the way. I was proud of you for that.
0: But I no, you columnist. you went to your burner account, and Carlos is an idiot on Twitter. I'm sure as usual. So, um. No, no, no. So, so the whole thing, the whole premise of the column is is what Campbell said last week when he talked to a small group of the beat writers. I was not there, um, and he was asked, "Do you need a an elite quarterback to have sustained success in the NFL?" And he said he doesn't think you do. It right. helps to have an elite quarterback, and when I and I I, I remember we talked I talked to Dave Burkett about this and. I was like, you know, I was like wanting to like bang my head against the, you know, the desk. Like, seriously, you don't need a good quarterback, you know, to, to win. Are you kidding me? And but the more I thought about it and I know, Sean, I know you think I don't think about things and I just no, oh, I, yeah, to the keyboard.
2: immediately thought, oh, yeah. How many times have teams made playoff runs year after year or even won a Super Bowl or at least got a Super Bowl? Uh, San Francisco 49ers two years ago without a great quarterback. It happens all the time. So I would have thought you would have immediately understood what he meant and just moved on to the next subject to another column to write about. But, oh, no, you had to figure out. You had to think, (laughs) you know what, that's not true. But No, I'm going to sit here for a while and think, okay, maybe that is true, and I'm going to write about that, my own fallacy of the idea right there. That was very clever.
0: It was was my journey. It was my journey. No, it was, the, it was the journey to, and and I think this is what's important is sometimes, sometimes in the in the business is you know we think about something, a columnist or opinion writer, or whatever it is, analyst, you you think about something, and you go from A to B to C, and you finish that thought, and then you just write about C, and you don't get into the process of what got you to C, and so I I wanted to give Campbell credit here for having the guts to say that. To to stand up and say I don't think you need an elite quarterback. To, and it doesn't hurt, but I don't think you have you think to have that's gutsy? one.
2: It was just stating the, uh, what everybody knows to be. Oh, true. it's
0: guts. I mean, you know when when Burkett wrote that story, it had you know almost a hundred comments, and people are you know throwing Molotov cocktails at each other in the comment section, and and angry, and it got a tons of clicks because it's you know. It's,
2: oh, so that's where your column ideas are coming from. You're going into the comment sections of other writers. Looking for duking, people duking it out, sparks, name-calling, insults, and then you're doing, and you're rubbing, can you hear that? You're rubbing your hands together, you can't wait to get in there and muck that up.
0: No, I was, I was generally, when I, I mean, you couldn't not read that story with that headline that, you know, he doesn't think you need an elite quarterback, like, what? You know, everybody read that story, got tons of views, and I was just curious, because sometimes things get a lot of views, but... And I will say in the comments section, I didn't read all whatever hundred comments, but just a few of them. Probably had ninety five of them, or so. yeah, ninety six, ninety seven. And and they were they were actually pretty reasonable about it. But one of the things, and I mentioned in the column, was that that uh, it's hard to to, to 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 land on a definition of what is elite, and what does sustained success mean too. And I remember years ago when Jim Caldwell was the coach. Um, we were talking about in the in the you know media room before Caldwell spoke one day. We were talking about what is uh, you know elite quarterbacks, and that was the whole question about Stafford: is he an elite quarterback? And obviously Caldwell like coached Joe Flacco; he had been the OC uh, during his uh, Super Bowl run, and that was the same thing with Flacco: it was Flacco elite at the time? And <laughs> Caldwell comes to the podium, and Burkett asks him, you know, hey, do you think is would you call Flacco elite? And Kawo was like, "Oh man, I'm not getting into this." It was like that Homer Simpson meme where he goes back into the in the bushes. You know, he was like, "What do you mean? Like, what do you want to know that? <laughs> like, why, we're just asking. Do you think he's elite?" And he would not define that. He would not put that on Flacco. And people like to stay away for labels that way. I don't blame them, but um, but that's the whole thing is who exactly is elite. Um, but I think to me the idea that you have to, i I think what Campbell may believe is elite, is someone you have to pay a premium for, either with draft picks or in free agency, the star quarterback, right, who's going to get you there. And, you know, that's what the Rams did with Stafford. And I think now it's fair to say that he's an elite quarterback, you know, he he won the Super Bowl. He probably should have been the Super Bowl MVP. Um, And he did the job. He did what he needed to do with the biggest on the biggest stage when it counted the most through the whole playoff run. That confirmed that, um, and he's had a lot of statistics success. Um, but yeah, that's that's the thing is is what what do these definitions mean? And, and coaches and nobody ever wants to be pinned down to say, well, this is exactly what I think. But I applaud Campbell for at least saying, no, you don't need that. You don't you don't have to have that.
2: No, you don't. We can, maybe we could say it this way because uh, I was thinking about this when you when you wrote the piece. I'm um, sorry, I'm distracted. There, bird. Bur- I can see out my window right now, and there are birds pooping all over my car, which is. Uh, but that's fine. It's nature. You embrace nature, and uh, you know it's the way it goes. The butler will take care of it. He'll he'll yeah. uh, polish it a little. No I'll, extra I'll coat of turtle that. wax. I'll go wash that. Uh, I'll wash that off at some point, or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't drive anymore. <laughs> you know. No, Carl. So how about how about we say this? You know, it's 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 hard to win a Super Bowl. Without an elite quarterback, that does not happen very often, right? But getting to one, you know, that happens uh, somewhat regularly. Getting ma- making a postseason, even making a postseason consistently, that that can happen if you have a good defensive team. It's just, it seems to me, um, it's harder to keep all those other pieces w- with free agency, and you know, if you have a middle linebacker who's great. Or who's really good and becomes great, then you gotta pay him, and that's true for so many other pieces. And it's just you know how the football with all the turnover, it's hard to keep that together. It's much easier to keep a great quarterback year after year after year than all those other pieces if you get great, great talent, right? To me that's what's harder to do.
0: Well well it it is. And and I think the thing with the quarterback, and, and I don't know if, what Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes think about this, but you know, to me it's this was the whole problem with Stafford was they decided it was ride or die with this guy. This is the one piece we were not willing to change. That we were gonna. Everything else was gonna move around them. And they. I think that they would have been much better off keeping and Dominique and keeping that defense together and letting Stafford go and finding another quarterback because. And, and one of the points I made in the column is, you know, yes, everybody thinks that they're aiming for the Super Bowl. But the reality is very few teams are actually going to get to the Super Bowl. So how about and this? Win it. And win it. Right. But even getting there, I mean, how about just, especially with a team like the Lions, you know, who's won one flipping playoff game in the last 30 years. How about you take, you just, instead of trying to go get a Ducati, you know, bicycle, motor motorcycle and, you know, whatever, win some amazing race. How about you just think about taking the training wheels off? And learning how to paddle your little BMX bike a little bit, get to the playoffs regularly, compete for a division title, just do that. Surround your team with enough pieces that you're holistically a good team. And it doesn't all hinge on the quarterback because that's the big fallacy in the NFL is that there's very few elite quarterbacks who you really can build around, who make people better, who elevate the rest of the offense and the rest of the team. You know, you're better off, like you said, Sean, with the other pieces. You have to pay the linebacker. You have to pay the defensive end. You have to pay, you know, whatever. Have a better secondary. You know, you're better off with that. And I think when you look at the success the Lions had in whatever year it was, in 12, you know, with Ndamukong Sue and that amazing defense, you know, that's why they had so much success was because they were better on both sides of the ball, but especially on defense. And once that defense broke apart— it, it was too much for Stafford. Stafford could, you know, no, very few quarterbacks could have like... And, and that's the thing with Aaron Rodgers too, right? Is the defense has never been great or rarely been great in Green Bay. So Rodgers has to do everything. And in the playoffs, when it comes down to you're going to face a great defense. And if you can limit a quarterback or contain him, then you're going to win that game. Because they don't have something else to, to rely on. So...
2: I think, though, over the long term, maybe over the short term, because it's really, really hard to find, as you point out, an elite quarterback. Not only that, you got to get lucky. And I think you pointed out in your column, and you know I've talked about that before. Most of these guys are, you know, not, you know, Peyton Manning maybe. He was the number one pick. But so many of these guys come from so many other spots. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, Tom Brady is obviously the best example. But but that's true most years. So you got to get lucky to find one. And there are not that many of them to begin with. However, when you do have one, to me, that's still the best uh, way to have long-term success. Because keeping in place, let's just say you build a great defense. It's hard to keep that in place after a couple of years because people start wanting to get you know paid. Because a lot of times that great defense comes and you got some established guys and then you hit on young guys who are really, really good and then they need to get paid. And uh, you know, and, and because of the salary cap, no team can keep all those pieces in place for a long term. So that's why you see it with the quarterbacks. But let's forget all that. It's not football season. I guess there's spring football coming up with Michigan State, and if you love the Spartans, that's fine. But Carlos, where'd the headline come from? Was that did you suggest that headline? Let's give people a little insight into you, the way your mind works. You know, I thought I thought Dan Campbell was dumb, but you know, maybe he's a genius. <laughs> Where does that come from? Is that your headline?
0: That that was actually my headline. Um, as okay. as you know, we we write our own headlines and suggest them. I guess. By the way, in your Pistons column, which I hope we're going to talk about, we're going to squeeze it in. I think I I think you wrote about I. You wrote about yourself. A major major no no, Sean. I do
2: occasionally slip those in. Um, you know, I don't try to have three or four per sentence. But, uh, oh my god! But I do occasionally oh. try to slip those in. All right, that's enough about lions. I just wanted. We just I wanted. People to get a sense of the just the how that wonderful that wonderfully mysterious, soulful, thoughtful brain of yours works.
0: Do do people want to know how the sausage is made really? Do they? Do they? No, but I guarantee you our
2: listeners and our readers see that headline and know immediately who that is. There's no way they don't. They know.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, and they and they see a headline that Pistons are about to win NBA championship after winning 23 games. Yeah, that's yeah, they yeah. know who who's writing that one too.
2: I thought I thought, yeah. I don't remember seeing anything about a title. Uh yeah, mine was actually my headline was actually um on the Pistons and we can talk about it if you want here cuz we do need to talk about the Pistons for just a second, but I thought my headline was kind of uh too optimistic, you know. It got it got changed a little bit. I, I had a I wanted a p- part in there about how hard it's going to be. You know, but in any case, all right. What, oh, do you, what, okay. what, what do you want to talk about the Pistons? You you, you say because they they finished well, up the regular season.
0: I mean, I mean, you're saying they've got Cade and that Cade's amazing, and and you know what is it? He Durant could be. It could be tiring, and be. and they've got everything, and and you know they have a lot of the pieces. You know the Isaiah Stewarts and the you know Sadiq Bays and I think you said uh, was it Stewart who sets a good uh, pick on small guys, and so they're going to win a title because of that. Um, so no, you no, found no, no, all the all the positive a, stuff. He
2: doesn't smet set a pick. Come on, dude. If you're going to talk about screen,
0: that. a screen. He, for, I'm sorry, for,
2: no. For in a pick and roll defense, when he is when when a short when a guard calls up his own big to set a screen, <clears throat> he wants to get switched onto a bigger guy because they're slower, right? So in the, and if you're a guard, you're generally quicker you want to take advantage of what, you know, a defensive mismatch. Isaiah Stewart has <coughs> is shown, excuse me about there for a second, Isaiah Stewart has is shown surprising, well, to, maybe to, not to not to Troy Weaver and the Pistons scouting department, but to us, surprising lateral quickness and we quickly become kind of a, a sneaky good perimeter defender for somebody who's six nine. And that's just, and those kind of things help in winning playoff basketball, which they're a long way from but it's just little things like that. I I mean they're they're a couple of players away from from making any real noise for sure. They got the, they got the draft coming up. But I no, I'm curious what you think. They won what 23 games. They uh they have a lot of cap room. You know, I don't know how aggressive Troy Weaver going to be within that, but the the main thing is it's hard to find a guy like Cade Cunningham. I don't know what his ceilings is. I don't know how good he's going to be. But he just put together a month in terms of points and rebounds and assists and the way he played that only two other rookies in the last 30 years, 40 years, have done. Michael Jordan and I can't remember, maybe Oscar Robertson. I don't remember the second person. But he had a month of play where he was – it was not dominant, but it was close to it for somebody who's 20. I don't know if it's sustained. I don't know. He's got to put weight on. He's got to improve. There's stuff he's got to do for sure. He's got to cut down on his turnovers. But he showed flashes of a uh,
0: potential superstar. What would you think? Oh yeah, the. I mean, I think you mentioned that the the ceiling was, you know, looks like it's pretty good for him, pretty high. Um, there's been a lot of promise, you know, and who knows if he's going to be the rookie of the year? It doesn't quite look like it, you know, maybe. But no, I doubt it. But he's in the conversation, you know. I mean, that's that's you can't ask a whole lot more. Um, he's made things exciting. He's fun to watch. Um, you know, he is he is a piece that you build around. Um, you know, and they do have, like you said, with their five players now. You know they they have promise um they they bring something to the table the question is you know through the draft and i think you said they can't pick lower than seventh right seventh yeah Yeah. so you know um and they have a pretty good chance of the top three 40 percent or something um they do so yeah so that's you know you can get you can get michael jordan or larry bird right right there in the top seven so that's that's not bad um yeah, that's that's the that's the thing is who are they gonna add? And I think I think Weavers a little cagey about what they might do in free agency and and who they're gonna add. He wants needle movers. Um, so that's my question is like for you is what's your sense of they, they do it feels like they're missing that big that big player, that big addition, whether it's free agency or it's a draft superstar. Someone who really comes in and changes the landscape, you know, the Grant Hill type guy who really changes this team and takes over and maybe pairs with Cade. I don't know what it might be, but but who, who is it going to be and how long is that going to take? Because if it's a draft, you know, it's going to take another couple of years for a draft pick to really, you know, develop and, and become that kind of, you know, needle mover, I suppose. Um, but what do you think, Sean? I mean, the 23, 23 wins this year, they showed some good stuff but mostly struggled. Um, how many more years of this before the Pistons are even close to, you know, getting into the playoffs? Well, it's funny. Weaver's
2: last team, he was assistant general manager at Oklahoma City. They won 23 games one year and then 50 the next, but they also had Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook and then added James Harden. But, Carlos, to me, the, the, the here's the thing. How good is Cunningham going to be? You're talking about Grant Hill, whatever. I don't. If Cunningham is as good as – they think he can be, and what he showed, it stretches. You know, If he's the player who went into Brooklyn a couple of weeks ago and dropped 34 and scored 17 or 19 in the fourth quarter, hitting bucket, contested bucket after contested bucket, and he's done that a few times. Now, if he's the player that when they, this team was healthy, they were playing 500 ball after the All-Star break um, and staying with some of the best teams in the NBA, and then they beat Boston in Boston, and Boston was the hottest team in the East, Going down the stretch, if 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 he is going to be a superstar kind of player, a Luka Doncic type player, I know he gets mentioned a lot, then you don't need right, then he's the guy. So do you need a, you, you definitely need a number two. I don't know who that is. is it's Sadiq Bay. Maybe 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 not. Milwaukee won a title. I'm not saying that uh, Cunningham's going to be Giannis. He's a, obviously a different player, but. If he's the player you think he can be, can you win like Milwaukee, where you've got a transcendent player and then you've got all-star type player like Chris Middleton. The Bucks have Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday. Those guys are both really good players. They're not superstars. They're not even star stars, but they're you know they're all-star level players. So that's what they need. I don't know if Bay can become that, but they need to find somebody in the draft this year who who can be that kind of a player. That's what they need. they don't need. I mean, maybe they'll get lucky and they'll have some other kind of generational guy come in. That you know, you never know. But I don't think they need that necessarily as much as they just need. Uh, we were saying needle movers. That he's talking about guys like, like Middleton, right? You know, all star
0: type guys. They can come in and develop and on the same timeline. Yeah, it's all about talent and. Um... You know, and I think they're they're asking for a lot, you know, and I don't know in basketball if, if uh, how common it is to get that, but they're asking for really good players, talented players, but also try hard guys where they want them diving after balls and, you know, in the NBA, you know, you get uh, it's hard to ask for that kind of effort, maybe from stars. I don't I don't think James Harden has ever touched the floor with his hands in the NBA, so. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, no but Cunningham, but
2: Cunningham is that kind he, of guy, right? So, well,
0: that's no, but we that's the question is, we, is he going to, is he going to lead guys like that? Is he going to be the guy like, follow my example. You're going to follow me. I'm an effort guy. I'm a, you know,
2: ah, uh, but I, I think he, the reason people follow him and the, in which is amazing that he's taken over this team at 20, but to me it's because of his skill level. And he's just got this natural kind of way about him. He's he's cool, right? I mean, he just got, he's got some cool. You listen to him talk, his voice. and you Frank Jackson, was a guard for the Pistons, was joking two days ago when they were having their ex He stopped his interviews he's like, he's 20, right? He's kind of laughing, like, <laughs> seriously? I mean, you know, he took he, – he just – the fact that he's kind of taken over this team at such a young age, I don't – you know, he will hustle. He's, he likes to play defense. That's what matters. But real quickly, Weaver's point was – yeah, our culture is we want try hard guys, tough guys, all that. That's the Pistons history. But they gotta have talent. They gotta be able to yeah. score, right? I Scoring. mean that, that's what he was trying to say. Yeah, right. It's great, you know, the rah rah, the toughness, all that. That all that all matters, that's important. But if you don't have talent, you're gonna keep winning twenty yeah. games. Yeah. Right?
0: That's the NBA. It's all about talent. I mean, you know, that's uh that's the key. Talent talent trumps everything. But then you know, you have, I don't know, I mean, Kyrie Irving, right? He's got all kinds of talent. Is he a leader? Do they follow him, really, you know? No. So. No, but he can put the ball in the bucket, but yeah. yeah. And and by the way, the, Cade, the, no. the The trick to Cade's leadership is he has the Sean Windsor baritone, the the deep, I'm Cade Cunningham.
2: He does, he does have that. No, there's no question in my mind. I mean, I don't know how you prove this. It's not scientific. Uh, maybe there's sociologists out there that have studies about <laughs> this, but. There's no question the timbre of his voice. <laughs> and just along with the way he kind of walks and and, and moves. And, and obviously none of that matters if he doesn't have the skill. Well, right? So you got to start with the skill. Do you remember,
0: I mean, I know that you went to Summer League in Vegas mostly just to, you know, eat well on the free press as time as usual. But you went to Summer League and, and I remember I remember they did some uh, mic'd up stuff with Cade uh, on the Pistons website and stuff. And he was so vocal. And Unbelievable. In a very, yeah. And a great like field general that way. And I was like, holy crap. Like, if yeah. someone just, I didn't know who this guy was. Like, tell me what year in the league he is. I'll, oh, he's five, six, seven, eight years in the league, you know? Um, that was super impressive. I'm sure he's like that all the time. That's one of the reasons he gets respect, too. No, for sure. I remember thinking
2: that when I was in Vegas, you know, a couple of minutes into his first game. Now, look, he's playing with guys trying to make the team and young guys. And although Bay was out there, Sadiq Bay was a second year guy, he was out there with him. But he's huddling the team up two minutes into his very first time he ever put a Pistons jersey on, and you just – you're like, okay, that's different, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? And then, and as the season went on and listen to him talking about how they kind of bought in, the way he says my team, I think that's interesting. That's a gutty – Does he say I, my team? He says my team? He does. He said my team uh-huh. last week. I was at the Mavericks after the, after the Mavericks game. Yeah. He said my team, but he doesn't say it in a way that's – and that's the thing. You know, you walk that fine line. He doesn't say it in a way that's arrogant but it's confident and it is his team and they know it and they <laughs> and they want to follow him and that's just a rare rare thing you know troy weaver calls him the human connector <laughs> you know and i think that's a, that's a good way to put it but uh in any case look man uh we'll, we'll talk more pistons later on in the summer as we get uh we well, first the lottery and then the and then the draft i know it's your favorite thing next week we'll have to get back to the tigers how about that you know, there's a lot of expectations starting the season. I think, as of this recording, they were, I want to say, two and three. Yeah. Maybe a game, a game under five. It's way too early with baseball. Obviously, they play every day. Their young pitchers got to figure some stuff out. Well, so let let's let's give them a few more games and then kind of we'll talk more about that next week. And then you wanted to mention the Tiger Woods was uh, back at the the Masters.
0: Your your favorite golfer, the only golfer you probably know exists. Um, yeah, there was a little tournament in Augusta, Georgia this last weekend. I don't think you watched much of it, but um, yeah, there was a guy, Eldrick Tiger Woods. You know he uh, he came back for the first time in uh, what almost two years or so uh, to play in a in a tournament, and um, it was it was interesting. I want I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, there was some good, some bad. I don't know how much you watched exactly, but um, he had a good start, and then he shot a pair of 78s, I believe, to close out the tournament. Um, He'd had that horrific car accident a year ago, a little more than a year ago, I think, in California. And, um, you know, it was was devastating. And you could see the way he's walking. He walks like an old man now. And hopefully, that's going to get a little bit better with time and more therapy and everything. It was painful to watch him walk. And, And anybody who's never been to Augusta, it's a really hilly course. It's a really hard course to walk. It doesn't look like that on TV. But just watching watching him walk up 18, you know, to the to the green on the last on Sunday. Oh man, I was feeling it for him, and he really looked. He looked like a hobbit, kind of like going shuffling. He looked like a cross between like Uncle Drew and a hobbit, kind of like going back and forth. So that'll be your ne-
2: that'll be your next headline:
0: Tiger Woods Uncle- is a hobbit.
2: <laughs> I uh, thought Tiger Woods was a hobbit, but it turns out he can still play a little golf.
0: But it turns out he's Uncle Drew. Um, yeah, you know what? Yeah, no, on, I, I, I I'm go. look. Hey, I I'm, got. Yeah. I call dibs on that, Sean. Okay, I'm gonna give you
2: my. I'll give you my thoughts. But in my favorite thing about Tiger, and uh, and and then you can tell me your favorite thing. Let's take one quick break here. God, we've had long segments today, Carlos. What's going
0: on? I wonder what's different about this show. It's your coughing um, attacks. It's it's it, delayed the show like 12, 20, thirty. Well, minutes. and I got
2: and I got so excited. We had uh, the great Sue Sylvester on, you know, talking about uh, food, uh, way, bacon. To, food, and ways to save and ways to survive uh, the inflation and the high prices and all that. Uh, did you ever see a, a movie called Used Cars? It's, it's not a very good movie. It's from no, the late late seventies, early eighties. There's a, there's a, a Kurt Russell's in it. It's I'm sure a terrible movie I haven't seen in 25, 30 years. And there's probably got all sorts of cultural problems at this point. <laughs> however, however, there's a, uh, scene where somebody's upset with the inflation and the cost of cars. And he goes to a, de- a dealership and he starts shooting up the cars <laughs> saying, okay, oh. this price for this car, well, that's too, and he expletive high. He pulls his shotgun out and he shoots it. <laughs> and, um, I just, you know, you you wonder are we going to have that somebody's going to be taking a shotgun to a, an Easter ham. Well, no, those are pretty cheap. <laughs> uh, you, Your fancy bacon, right? Yeah, my artisanal bacon. Yeah, not that I'm promoting any of that, but it just it just it made me think about the last time, probably used probably, cars, probably almost 40 years ago. But it made me think about the last time, it, yeah, inflation was was this sort of crazy. In any case, let's take one quick one quick more, uh, one quick break and come back with a favorite thing and wrap this up. Does that sound good? Carlos? Let's do it. All right. We'll be right back uh, with free press sports with Carlos and Sean.
1: My name is Kerry jr. The second I'm a podcast producer and reporter with the Detroit free press. And now the host of freep's new weekly podcast on the line. Our job is to understand the issues and the people that the issues affect in our state and region and tell the news. I want Detroiters, I want Michiganders, I want Metro Detroiters to hear themselves and maybe get a sense of peace in this podcast. Maybe not in the topics we're covering, but in the sense that we're the Detroit Free Press. And you can come here to know what's happening and trust that we're going to tell the truth, give you the facts, and do it authentically. We're going to give you the voices that are in those areas, whether it be in Owasso, whether it be in Petoskey, whether it be in Birmingham, Warren, Grosse Point, Southwest Detroit. You know, we're going to give you what it sounds like to be there. So every Friday in your feed, wherever you get your podcast, when you press play, we want this podcast to sound like home. We want it to sound like Michigan. We want it to sound like Detroit. I think that's all I got. So let the journey begin. Hey, folks, welcome back to Free Press Sports with
2: Carlos and Sean. Uh, Carlos, as I said, I wanted to touch on Tiger Woods' return and my favorite thing. And it's not that Tiger Woods is my favorite thing. It's just he's been around so long and his, his story is such it, it's so embedded and threaded through our collective national sports psyche and he means obviously a lot of different things to a lot of different people but to see him back um, and I don't want to I don't want to inflate or overinflate because there are people that get injured in car wrecks and in fields of uh, battle and all sorts of ways and fight their way back to their everyday lives all the time all right Having said that, I don't want to diminish what what Tiger did. H- having him at the Masters, excuse me, having him make the cut and play all four rounds um, was a great was a great story, and it was it was nice to see. And it did leave you with a tiny bit of not hope because it means you're rooting for him, and and it's something I am. Although I I love watching him play when he's at his best, but it does make you think, Carlos, that you know maybe he'll compete again. For one of these, I don't know if it's the Masters or maybe another major, but maybe he's got one, one or two more runs. I mean, Phil Mickelson won the PGA. Was that last year or the year before? I can't even remember. It's all blurry. This COVID, he won the PGA and he had fifty. Yeah, car, you know, Tiger's what three, four years younger. So maybe he's got another run in him. Um, not, not a dominant run like when he was young, but just a run to win a tournament. What, what do you think? That was my favorite thing, by the way. Just, just this renewed. The, the idea that you know some of us just keep keep plugging along. it just reminded me of how many people find their way back from uh, from terrible physical circumstances like that.
0: yeah, I think it I think it does give people hope, you know, even if you're not Tiger Woods, right? Any struggle you may have had, I, I can see that. I can see, you know, hey, obviously he has access to the absolute best health care and everything. and um, but still, he had to do it, you know and and it was a struggle to watch him compete. And there's a lot of little things. And they talked about it. You know, you watched him play. If you know enough about his game, but certainly the commentators mentioned it, that he wasn't trying to be the old Tiger and put all this torque on a swing. He was he was playing within himself. Um, and that's what's great about the game of golf, uh, I think, is that you have to play with what you have. You have to play with the game you have that day. You know, even though you were great, you know, last week or last year or whatever, Whatever you show up that day, you've got to play within yourself. You've got to figure out a way, and that was, to me, the thing about you know. I, I know, I know you love superlative play, Sean. You love waxing poetic about all the, all the amazing stuff that people do, with athletes. But what I love about golf is when people don't have their best game, when they have to figure it out, when it's not all working, and that was always the 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 magic of Tiger was because he was such a he had such low accuracy off the tee. He was always in the trees and having to come up with this creative. Shot making and all that other stuff, um, scrambling, scrambling, right? Don't they, call it, they scrambling? call it scrambling? And he would he would figure it out, you know. And that what was cool about this experience on the twenty fifth anniversary of him winning the Masters the first time in ninety seven, you know, he's come back and put forth a no, you know, a, a, a you know tournament that was wholly impressive in a different way, you know, different time in his life. Um, so it was cool. I don't know. Does he have another run? I think. I think he. You know, if his if his uh, you know healing progresses, I think he can find. And let's not forget this about Tiger. He can. He plays the courses his the tracks that suit him. You know, the courses that fit him. He doesn't stray away from. He doesn't play a random. That's why he's he's never gonna come to Rocket Mortgage Classic. Let's just get that out of the way. But he he unless he gets sponsored by them. But. He will. He always plays the courses he likes, where he does well. He plays in Charlotte. He plays in Firestone. He plays in all these different places he likes. Um, you know, so on the right day, right circumstances, with the right health, yeah. And the Masters, the Masters is definitely a, a course, the Augusta National, for people who know the course, who have that that local knowledge. You know, that built up you know memory bank of how to play certain shots, uh, all the little nuances of the greens and the green complexes. So I think he will be in contention. I don't know if he'll win another one, but he—I wouldn't be shocked if he wins another Masters in the next few years. It, it could definitely happen.
2: Well, that's a, that's a good favorite thing for you too.
0: So no, I have a better favorite thing. You tricked me into using. Okay, yours. make it quick. My <clears throat> make it quick. I we're trying to get out of here. We, we got to get your we got to get your coughing jag uh, out of the way again. So we'll, I'll make it yeah, quick. Yeah, we're
2: hurt. We're hurting the listeners here. <laughs> All
0: right, my favorite thing was. Um, as you know, I, I'm a Cal State Fullerton graduate, and oh, it's always back to Cal State Fullerton. It's Cal State Fullerton, and I began that sentence with I, so um, I think I did. So no, you said as you as know. as you know. So I'm sorry. Else. I am. That's progress. That's you're talking about somebody else. That's progress. <laughs> I want to tell you, Sean, I'm a Cal State Fullerton graduate, <laughs> and they have a good baseball team there. It's not. It, we're going through a little transition over at Fullerton. Um, new coach this year, but. But for the first time, they came to play Michigan, Wolverines in Ann Arbor. So on Sunday, I had a lot of stuff going on this weekend. and I, I could only go to one game and it was Sunday. It was a beautiful day, as everybody knows here. And they lost in a weird dramatic fashion uh, in the ninth inning, 11 to 10 as a Sunday, as anybody who follows college baseball, a Sunday 11 to 10 score is not out of, uh, out of the ordinary. Uh, with Johnny Allstaff on the mound. So uh but it was a fun. I went with a good friend and we had fun. We got a tan. We gave we ate nice stadium food. Uh the ticket prices were either six dollars general admission or eight dollars for reserved. So um it fits it fits the wallet, Sean. And college baseball is just a fun, it's a fun time man. You, you know, it's not like Pro ball uh, or Major League Ball. So I really enjoyed it. I uh, hadn't seen a college game in a long time, and it was so great to be able to see my Titans. In even they, they got swept in Michigan, but it was still a pleasure. Well, that sounds uh, that sounds really nice, and I'm really impressed that you have a good friend. That's that
2: that makes me feel a little bit better. I'm a little. I'm going to worry one. about you Just a little a bit less. Yeah,
0: no, but that's okay. It's I was gonna I invite have. you. I was gonna invite I mean, you I... to come out on Sunday, but I was like, Sean's gonna come up with some BS excuse and something, whatever. You know what? I'm if like, I, I if I had felt maybe one, I'll, I'll show up. up. Maybe, maybe be, I, I won't to
2: join you. Although if I'd felt well, I probably would have been at the Tigers game because I wanted to go see Tariq's Tori pitch. You you feel well one out of seven or eight
0: days probably. Well, yeah, maybe so. Not like this though. You're thinking of the COVID no 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 just normal sean normal base base level sean windsor like one out of eight i'll days take is a that. Good i'll take non coughing. Yeah. no
2: you just have to learn to work through it right my man that's right grind you gotta grind you gotta grind through it that's how it goes like tiger woods did <laughs> like you do you know grinding your way to uh, college baseball all the way in ann arbor from gross point that's that's a two-day drive by chuck wagon yeah that's uh yeah it is it is hey well listen man uh it's always a pleasure. It's always fun to uh, to share this podcast with you, or no, for you to allow me to be part of your podcast, Because it is Carlos. You are first in the in the. You are first on the headline there. In any case, uh, too, it's Sean. good to see you, my man. Yes, let's do we'll it. We'll do it again next week. Yes. Sounds good. All right. All right. We want to thank. Uh, well, I want to thank Carlos for putting up with me every week. We want to thank you, the listener, for taking some time. We want to thank Andrew Hammond. Is Hammond? Is is that? Is am I pronouncing that right? Okay. I'm getting a thumbs up. He's probably not going to talk. Our new producer, ladies and gentlemen, who makes this possible. We lost Ted Davis, but uh, I think we're in pretty good hands here. I don't know. Maybe he will talk at some point. He's nodding. He's not. Yeah. Oh. oh wow. Okay. Look at that, Carlos. Yeah. 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 That's great. Anyway, well, yeah, I want to thank Andrew Hammond. We want to thank Anjanette Delgado. Um, yeah, we didn't mention her name until this point. so
0: Oh, there's going to be hell to pay. Uh-oh. Be, uh,
2: yeah. God. We'll see if I'm even on the podcast next week.
1: <laughs> All um, right. Well, yeah. A- Andrew's going to take An- it. He's gonna take Anjanette Delgado, the executive
2: producer of this podcast. Uh, did her title <laughs> change again? I don't know. These titles keep changing at the free press. Yes.
0: Hey, we had three big promotions. It was Anjanette, Schaefer, Jim Schaefer, uh, Schaefer, and, Jim Schaefer uh, James Hill, and James oh, Hill. So their
2: titles are. Oh, Executive. let's just say they're all they're important. They have important titles. I, editor's a part of it. How about that? They they're are. We'll deals. figure it out they're next week. I'll we'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get it right. And then also we want to thank uh, Kirk and Crawford, the sports editor. His title is simple. It's not a simple job. He does it really well, but the title, you know, it's easy to remember. How about that? Not simple. And then Peter Body. Yeah, sports editor. sports editor. There you go. And then Peter Abadia, the editor. That's pretty simple, too, right? He makes all yeah. this possible. Look, if you like the podcast, uh, subscribe. You know, wherever you find your favorite podcast, Spotify, Apple. Mostly Spotify. Is I think I have mentioned before, they're ruling the world right now. In the podcast realm. Um, and rate us. Let us know what you think. Give Carlos five stars. You know, maybe you could give me a half a star. <laughs> I don't know. I probably don't even deserve a half a star. But, no, please give Carlos five stars he needs it. We want to keep seeing those pithy headlines about how he thinks everybody's an idiot. (laughs) But maybe not really. In any case, I think uh, I've brought along long enough. Thank you again for joining us, and we will see you.